You're listening to episode 14 of Daughters on Fire. Rob and I are back today to talk to you about celebrations, specifically when you're celebrating with somebody who has dementia and when they forget. They forget the milestones, they forget the important times and occasions in your life, and how you deal with that on an emotional basis, but also how do you deal with that on a logistical basis? How do you manage the celebrations, the special occasions, when your loved one is just not engaged like they were before? How do you accommodate them, and how do you make it so everybody can enjoy these special times in our lives? So stay tuned. Are you stressed? burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Hello again, Robin. We are back with another episode of Daughters on Fire and our segment, Is It Normal? How are you doing, Robin? Doing well. How's everybody doing? That's a loaded question. That's it. (laughs) Good thing that we don't have all the time in the world to hear about how everybody's doing because that's uh, that's a tricky one these days. (laughs) (laughs) True. We're surviving. Everybody's making it. That's right. Yes. Me, I'm sure I can speak for all of our listeners out there. We are doing the best we can, surviving and getting through day by day. That's probably going to be true for caregivers, um, whether it's, you know, 2020 or, you know, that's just caregiving. We're surviving. Absolutely. All right, Robin. One day at a time. One day at a time. Tell us what is, uh, what do we have on deck today for our Is It Normal question? Well, um, Let's talk a little bit about celebrations and um, what happens when your loved one no longer remembers uh, mile markers, birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. And uh, what celebrations look like when you're caregiving for somebody with dementia. Awesome. Awesome. So I remember... um, My mom always remembered my brother and sister's birthdays because I would call my mom up and say, hey, remember, it's Barry's birthday. Give him a call, send him a check, whatever. So um, my mom didn't have anybody reminding her that it was my birthday. So I remember I went out with my husband and my um, daughter, my niece, my sister-in-law. We all went out to uh, dinner And we're sitting around the table, and I'm trying so hard, and burst out into tears. Mm. And mom didn't remember my birthday. And so my daughter, sweet girl, goes into the bathroom and tells my mom, calls my mom and says, Hey, Graham, it's mom's birthday. Can you call her? So she did. She called. And, you know, it was bittersweet. But I think that was the first time that I really realized I've lost her. I have Mm. totally lost her. She does not remember my birthday. So um, as I started this conversation, I remembered a a funny story with my husband. My mom always sent um, myself and my brother $25 for an occasion. 
typically your birthday, and you might get 75 at Christmas, but it was 25 for your birthdays. Now, my brother's wife and my husband got $20. They were, they were not quite family. That's right. So they didn't got the quite $5 bonus. So um, I don't remember that after this, my birthday's in August. So after this birthday that I was so devastated, my husband's birthday's in September, and here he gets a card. And I turned around and I looked at him and I said, if there's a check in that card, I'm going to stab you. (laughs) (laughs) And was there? There was. Oh, no. It was for $25. Oh, no. He he looked up at me and he said, please don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a good laugh about it. But... It was just interesting how her mind worked. She knew that she sent checks. She knew that it was somebody's birthday, but she remembered his birthday. And I may have mentioned Allie's birthday is coming. I don't know. But anyhow. Um, I'm sure you did. It, it was devastating to realize that how could she not remember my birthday? So then you start thinking about um, other holidays. And you think about your loved one. I, we Most families... I I say that, that's not, I don't know that. Families are large, some are small, but everybody sort of has their traditions. And our family would always go to my nephew's house, and he would, um, I mean, there would probably be 30 people there. And we noticed the last couple years that mom would just sit real quiet in the corner. And she would be paying attention, sometimes not, sometimes so, but... um, I often wondered if it was actually her not paying attention, her not understanding, or her not being able to hear. And I think it was a little bit of all of it. So I do think that you have to remember that if uh, your loved one also has a hearing situation, which is often common with dementia, they go hand in hand, that um, they do tend to self-isolate because it's all jibber-jabber to them. It's a lot of things going together and they can't distinguish who's talking about what or people are talking so quickly that they don't get it so that could be one I have a picture um, one of the last pictures that I took with my mom we were at it was before the Christmas celebration Christmas Eve we had all gone to a restaurant we're sitting at a long table so it's that's not conducive of conversation anyhow but she's looking off and it looks like she is just totally disconnected from us which I think she was but it was interesting as I go back now and look at that picture and think she we thought oh this is great mom's going to enjoy this we're all going to be together it's going to be fabulous that wasn't the case and we have to remember to take our emotions and our feelings away from those celebrations that it might be easier for them not to be involved in um, a room full of people and they would probably enjoy individual visits in their home rather than traveling somewhere that they're not used to and more confusing. Yeah. You bring some up some really good points. And I was thinking as you were talking about my own experience with, with birthdays and the fact I, I don't have children. I have lots of nieces and that with time birthdays have become different for me than they are for a mom, right? Which one, I think you're a parent and you celebrate with your children their special occasions. That's a special bond. 
with your with your child um, a very special day between a parent and a child and so when that when that stops I'm sure like you said it, it's not anger but a deep sadness that you're losing them and so really the the emotional toll it takes on the caregiver is usually one not so much of this is this is a hard um, like responsibility to take care of them but almost that like almost like did you feel do they love me anymore right because that was a such a special moment between us and and what was ironic in what you were saying was your daughter who is is like that other part of that relationship right you're the daughter and then you have a daughter is that she's the one who stepped up and in that moment did something very special and loving for you right and she did for you what you had been doing for your mom. So that story about how it all comes together is is beautiful and tragic at the same time. That it, it, it sums up what 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 love for you know our children and our parents. It's the cycle. It's the cycle of life. And in that moment, you experienced, and you were probably very distracted by the fact that you were feeling the pain of your mom forgetting your birthday um but your daughter she did for you what you would do for your mom so that's kind of that's kind of beautiful robin yeah i like that and i didn't even know it (laughs) um but then like you said with the celebrations and such and um and, and my dad he has hearing aids and it's And group settings are so frustrating for people who have hearing loss. And it can kind of, they say hearing loss can kind of mimic cognitive decline sometimes because you're missing half the words in the conversation. And if you're one-on-one with somebody, um, they may have hearing loss. They may have um, cognitive issues. So you can slow down your communication so that you can communicate together. But if you're in a group, it's usually you keep up with the pace of the group. And if you can't keep up with the pace of the group and the conversations going on, then you very quickly get lost. And I've been with many clients to their audiology appointments. And one thing that I hear, it's very common, is that hearing aids can change the frequency, tones, whatever. You know, it can enhance what you're hearing. But what's also going on when you get hearing loss is the communication between the sound and the brain. And you can't change that processing. When the processing slows down, no amount of volume is going to fix that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that there's dementia going on. It just means that your brain is processing sound differently. And I'm sure to some extent, if you think about how complex the brain is, hearing aids are different than your ear. So maybe kind of, I don't know, this is me kind of going off the cuff, but the, the brain processing, the sound coming in, it's, 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 it's just different. So they say, um, I've heard audiologists say this often to my clients, is that you have to slow down. It doesn't matter how loud the conversation is. It has more to do with being in front of them so that they can see you because there's a lot more than just the sound of the conversation going on. It's the eye contact. It's the the movement of the mouth. But and then you have to slow the words down. So it's really incumbent for people um, with when they're dealing with people with hearing loss and with 
dementias and cognitive decline that they are really cognizant of that and usually groups aren't individuals are groups aren't because and how easy is it if you're sitting there with your sibling and you get off on a tangent talking about something laughing and having a good time and then you forget oh well here's mom and she she fell off the conversation five minutes ago but we didn't notice because we were having so much fun together and talking and so going back to what you were saying about celebrations, I mean, celebrations are usually a group affair, right? Right. So it's with dementia um, or just with really bad ants like myself, uh, if you don't have somebody telling you and reminding <laughs> you that somebody's having a birthday, you might forget. <laughs> I'm going to get you a calendar and write it down. Oh, my goodness. No, I'm like. <laughs> I tell my sisters, I love my nieces, and the first few, I really memorize their birthdays, but then you get to a point, you marry into someone else's family, and you're like, I can't keep up with everybody, and I tell my sister, I'm like, you're the one who had the kids, it's your responsibility to remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I love, I love, love, love my nieces, and I never want to forget their birthdays, but that is not my strong suit. (laughs) Well, and I also think, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, but celebrations change and their importance to people change um, over time. Well, and that's a great segue into what I was going to say. The importance of them change. And I think so many times with anything in caregiving, we put, and I, I think I said this earlier, our emotions into it. So where we are still enjoying Christmas and how our family would throw um wrapping paper around and bop each other on the heads and things like that. That was fun and exciting. It was a little confusing for my mm-hmm. mom. It was a little overwhelming. And so I remember on Christmas Eve, another Christmas Eve that she said to me, I don't, I don't want to go. And I just said, fine. You know, if you don't want to go, that's fine. I understand. But, you know, there is that back side of you thinking, oh, mom's going to be home and lonely. But you know what? If she's taking care of herself, saying she doesn't want to go, then I'm, I'm good with that. Now, my sister, not so much. So she pushed and pushed until mom actually came. And she did end up having a good time. And it was sort of interesting that we got to um, watch her because she was a diabetic. And she spent her entire day by the cookie um, the cookie table. <laughs> the <laughs> but, sweet treats. Um, We just have to remember that we have to be mindful. I think you've said it many times, Melissa, meet them where they are. And uh, they don't care about the Christmas tree. They don't care about the lights. They don't care about any of those things anymore. It's just another day. And that's what my mom would always say. Ah, just another day. I can't tell any difference. I get up and do my same things. It's not a different day. But there's some sort of peace in that and we've talked about how you have to have routines and when you do the holidays you get out of your routine and I'm I'm convinced that for probably the last five years or so of her life Christmas was so confusing for her because we would send our gifts there and I would tell her um, who they went to and she would call me every night and asked me whose gift was who to the Mm. point that she was unwrapping them and telling me what they were. And I'm not convinced that she wasn't having some TIAs at that time because it was so far gone before the dementia really, really showed up. And 
it was just interesting how she could not get it down. And she'd say, I'm writing this down now. Well, she'd write it down, but she wouldn't remember where she put it. Right. So it was just too overwhelming. And she was much happier having it just a normal day. So we do have to be mindful of those routines yeah. and those comforts. That That's a huge comfort to somebody with dementia <clears throat> that they so, know what's going on and what's coming up next going to interject for those people out there who may not have experienced TIAs. Those are mini strokes. So I know that's uh, a lot of people understand TIAs, but for you who don't mini strokes, so they can, they can happen kind of quietly and then lead to, to declines that you don't really understand what's happening. Right. And it can come back around. She would have them and then the confusion would go away. So it would come and go. But um, it does affect your brain yeah. and things going on, your memory and such. Um, you know, talking about the confusion with the gifts and, and all of that, how frustrating that must have been for her. Well, you know, that's the thing. We, it's all about putting ourselves in the shoes of the other person. We say how frustrating that must have been that she had to open the gift. In the moment, it was completely frustrating for her, I'm sure. But two hours later, when... Maybe she had wrapped up the gift again and had to unwrap it. She didn't remember. <laughs> That's the fifth time you're unwrapping the gift, right? <laughs> Surprise! But uh, so, so a lot of times it's more frustrating for the caregiver. So that's another thing. It may be more emotional for the person who is most plugged into reality. And I, I've another thing is um, sometimes with big celebrations, families. Like, I mean, my sister, she's a great example, and I know we know, and you may be too, Robin, you love having uh, large gatherings with maybe friends and people that aren't family. Well, for somebody who gets lost in conversation, spending a time in a large crowd with a bunch of people you don't know may not, may be like, oh my gosh, that's just really not my cup of tea, I, I'd rather stay home, however... For the person hosting the party to have that perfect group, like they've intentionally invited everybody they wanted to be there. So if one of them's not there, it may be emotionally, you know, it may emotionally impact how they feel the evening or the celebration should go. And right. if that person is someone as important as a mother or a father or a beloved aunt or uncle, that's always there and they're, they're worried that you know, well, they may not be here next year or they may not be here the next year, then that can be carry a heavier burden. But you're right. Is it really we need as caregivers to come to terms with the fact that, yes, they're not going to be here forever, but they really aren't enjoying themselves anymore. We need to come to terms with what is best for them in this moment. And they may they may enjoy themselves to some degree, but how can you heighten it to make it better for them? Well, um, quick story. When my daughter graduated from high school, we all went to the graduation. And, of course, it was in a big auditorium, and she was with us. But we were having a big party when we came back for her friends and our friends. And so um, it was in, I guess, May, and it was warm. So I put the air down in the house to probably 65 degrees. So it was cold in our house. But doing that, knowing that it would soon be crowded and there would be food and everything going on, 
Well, my mom could not get past the point that it was so cold in the house. She just kept on and on about it. It was so cold. Well, what happened, which actually turned out to be great, is she went outside. And at first I was like, what is she doing? Why can't she come in here and act like a normal grandmother? Well, she was so cold. She went outside, but she started greeting everybody that came in. So as Alex's friends would show up, she'd say, hey, I'm Graham. How are you? (laughs) When the kids came in, and we didn't know she was doing this. So when the kids came in, they're like, oh, yeah, we met Graham. Graham's out front. Mm -hmm. So where to me at first, you know, you're not doing the perfect grandmother thing in my perfect little party, in my perfect little world. But yet she took care of herself but inserted herself into that day by introducing herself to everybody who who came in the house. (laughs) I love that because it was like you let go enough for the day to be what it was and and she did what she needed to do and it turned out to be perfect in many ways, right? Right. But it was that um, preset idea in my head that this wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Let me Um, ask you, at what point were you okay with what happened? Was it that day or was it a week later when you kind of sat back? I mean, did you, did you let go that day in the moment? No, I'm thinking it happened just right now. Oh. <laughs> See people, there can be closure down the road. <laughs> what we're going through. <laughs> no, I guess it was, it was not that day. I, I'm sure I stewed on it for quite some time and, um, I do have that personality that I want everything to look perfect to the outside world. And, and, and so that wasn't in my little 10 dots. Um, one other thing I'll tell on myself and then we'll get back to the, the original conversation is um, I, I tend to, when I give a gift, I try to be very thoughtful in that gift giving. So my mom loved puzzles. So I thought I'm going to get her the, best puzzle ever and it was it was a puzzle of the world but it was 3d so it was actually a severe a severe it was severe (laughs) it was a severe severe but um anyhow i was so excited that she would get excited about this puzzle i was not there christmas day when she opened it up she called me later and told me that vicky got her this great puzzle And I was crushed because I didn't get credit for the great gift. But it's those type things that are very real. Did you correct her? I think I did, but it didn't. You know, it was stuck in her head that my sister had given it to her. It was stuck in your head, Robin. That's true. It was stuck in my head. (laughs) So it's those things that seem petty and senseless. But they're real. They're real to us as caregivers. Our feelings do get hurt. And Mm -hmm. we just have to take it back to that place of remembering that this is the disease and it's not the mom that you were used to. But um, it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. Because it's like you, in the moment of picking that out, thinking about her, were expressing your love the best way you knew how. And she didn't receive it from right. you right right so it's like yeah. yeah so back to we you mentioned about how can we make their um celebrations better i do think that having them in their home and having people come by to visit them 
is better and and maybe one or two at a time certainly not a group because then you've just moved the party into their home even though they're comfortable in their home they're it's still crowded and um depending on the type of entertainer or hostess that your loved one is host or hostess they may feel pressure then to offer tea or cookies or mm-hmm. something to that effect that was not my mom at all <laughs> but um so it's that and that thanksgiving you might get together as a family and then each person go on their own so it's not what we all think of the perfect thanksgiving meal or the perfect christmas day but it is better for your loved one and remember that it is your emotions not theirs because they may not even know it's christmas day Mm -hmm. and i've heard um many women taking care of their husbands and i say women because i think sometimes we hang on to this more than men that it's their anniversary and get so upset because now their husband's not even able to remember that and their feelings hurt and and i think that is part of our own grieving and i think it's very valid but then we have to skip to the logical part of that's not his fault. And had he known or had he remembered, he would have certainly celebrated with you. So we, it is a separation of the disease and your own emotions and actions. And also, there is a place for all of that. You know, it, there's a place for on your daughter's graduation day that your mom really needed to be a part of that because that was a special moment in the life of your daughter. And so if she had been like, oh, I just don't want to be around crowds. No, it, you know, there's there's kind of a time and place to accommodate what everybody's needs are and, and evaluating it, the individual and the whole. Um, you know, it, it's if Christmas is extremely important for the daughter, then maybe bringing mom over, but really having somebody to, to you know, tend to her and be like, I don't want her to stay at home. This is, this is, I acknowledge it's very important for me, but I don't want her to be miserable. So I want to say, okay, so-and-so, can you, you know, be one-on-one with mom and tend to her needs and maybe we'll get her home at an earlier hour. And then also, we're not always talking as caregivers about people who have dementia. So if your parents are just frail and they need things accommodated, just tuning in and asking what they need, what their preference is, where they're coming from. It's about really healthy communication and a really healthy understanding of what other people need. However, it's, that doesn't mean putting your needs last and ignoring them. It's about evaluating all of it and seeing how it, it meshes together. Um, because, you know, I know for daughters, sometimes we're the last ones to say, well, I would really prefer this to be this way. And and sometimes that's extremely valid and needs to happen that way. To, you know, even though your mom is the one who's older and, and going through, you know, frailty and disease process and all that, sometimes you need to do things that are right for you. So you gotta you gotta grapple with all of this, and I love your stories, Robin, because I think that's exactly what you're you're um, illustrating, um, which is common for all of us. Um, I'll tell a little bit of, about my situation. Is um, again not having children, but everybody wanting 
me and my husband to be involved in the big group activities. But when you don't have kids, it's a different experience, right? But being there because it was important for for you know the host or the family or the group um because that there's a lot of love going on and I, I needed to be there for them but sometimes you know having i'm sure like for an older adult or um an aunt or an uncle that don't have children having this cacophony of like kids under the age of 10 just rowdy and crazy and <laughs> running around is that where you know you can is that the Christmases that you enjoyed most looking back on it? Maybe not. My Christmases that I enjoyed most were the ones where I was the crazy kid under 10 running around <laughs> in my, you know, as my husband would say, in our Star Wars pajamas, right? But it's, but I have, I have my celebrations that are sacred to me and I want them a certain way and I honor that about me. I know my mom has hers. I know my sister has hers and we all honor each other with give and take. Not all giving and not all taking. Well, and I like I like that. I, that that is really self-care that we really need to focus on as well. Um, one of the things you said I want to go back to when you mentioned about Maybe the daughter wants to have mom there, but bring somebody to take care of them. And that is so smart. I had a very wise um, friend say this to me, and she's actually going to be a guest in the future for us, Eunice. And uh, I was dickering with, do I bring mom home from a facility? And so, and many of you, that'll be part of your conversation or, you know, not conversation, but situation. You mean like bring them from a facility to a celebration? Right, at home. And Eunice said to me, okay, so who's going to take her to the bathroom when she has to go? And I just stopped because you're thinking, now you're the hostess, you're cooking a meal. That bathroom run is going to be right in those last five minutes before you get that food on there. You know that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So... But it, it just brought it home to reality for me. And so if you have somebody there to take care of them, they're doing that, or that's something that you need to think about, well, maybe we'll go visit later. So, so what did you decide to do? I didn't bring her home. And it was it was very smart not to bring her home. Yeah. So the having the conversation and really thinking it through and not just assuming, hey, this is how it's always been. Right. This is how we need to always do it. Right. And, and we, you know, it... We tend to um, think that, especially in facilities or having a caregiver, oh, I can do that. That's easy. No big deal. But you don't stop and think of all the steps that that entails. And what if there is an accident? And what if it is something else? And it, it's much more complicated than we really think about. Mm-hmm. So, as you said, look at the whole picture and think about all everybody's emotions, not just your own and not just your mom's. Right. So, Right. Yeah. Because there's a there's not just two people in a celebration typically. Right. Yeah. I'd almost be curious. Um, maybe someday we could get a daughter of a daughter on fire on this. I'm not going to call out Alex, um, but somebody <laughs> that can give their perspective of what it's like to see their mom caregiving and, um, you know, what what they've learned, lessons they've learned and what they what it was like for them because it, it's, it impacts the whole family, doesn't it? 
It does. I've, I've told Alex many times, just stick me somewhere, but make sure it's nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And be sure you're the one paying for it. Right. <laughs> a lot of money and pay for me to get good care. Yeah, that, it's funny because we could go a million different directions. And that's the beauty of this podcast is there's no shortage of amazing things to talk about and bring to light and, and, and grapple with. But this is definitely a big one. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, we talked about it today. Um, this is it's funny because I'm we're planning on this coming out in May and May is my birthday. So I'm not at the point where my parents have forgotten my birthday yet. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, I may have forgotten my birthday before my parents forgot my birthday. <laughs> but one of the things I love the most is my parents singing me happy birthday. It's so silly and simple and goofy. But yeah, when that goes away, I know a lot of people are out there. You don't have your parents singing happy birthday to you anymore. And that's, that's, that's hard when that happens in life. It is. Yeah. All right. Good memories. Good memories. It's good to talk to you, Robin. And on that note, we will catch you all back here next week for another episode of Daughters on Fire and Is It Normal? Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.